I've been playing outdoors since I was a kid, standing by the front door at around two years old, hollering, side, side, trying to get my mom to let me go play outside. Now, after 30 plus years working in the outdoor business, I'm dropping insider conversations every week with brand leaders, guides, marketers, CEOs, and others that make the outdoor business a trillion dollar juggernaut that drives product innovation, revenue, and public policy for everything outdoors. I'm Rick Says. Welcome to the Outdoor Biz Podcast, available wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Joe from As Joe Flies. And I'm Leslie from Trips with Tykes. And welcome to this bonus episode, finishing up the trip report. It was too long to put in one episode, but then we didn't want to stretch this trip out until like a month of episodes. So we're releasing this separately on the feed. Have three days left at Walt Disney World to discuss. We'll try to move through these a little bit quicker without any big overarching thoughts at the end. So day five, day six, and day seven, I had the benefit of each successive day, every day, my wife said, this was the best day that we've had at Disney World. So it, we we ended the whole entire trip on a high note. So I was pretty happy about that. Yeah, that's always good. It's always good for wife to be happy as well. But glad it just kept getting better. And presumably you were learning from, you know, mistakes along the way and improving upon the strategy. Yeah, I would say, unfortunately, I think Magic Kingdom Day, day four, that was probably the low light. And then it was all uphill from there. Now, the nice thing about day five was was we took things pretty easy. We went to Epcot pretty late in the day and then we went to the pool and then we just ended up back at Epcot. Although I took a couple of my kids to Magic Kingdom in the middle of that. Now, one low for the day was, uh, and we'll stick with that high-low motif for this episode. One low for the day is that we really should have planned a rest day, like I said, uh, in Disney do's or don'ts in the first half of this trip report. And what happened was Genie Plus, it felt kind of wasted at Epcot. I didn't really get to use that many lightning lanes. I think I only used one lightning lane for that entire day. And so, you know, for $15, that's just did not feel worth it. My question for you, Leslie, is I could not decide whether I should have just added Genie Plus to the entire ticket so that it's like a sunk cost and I'm not worried about it and not feeling like I'm wasting it or debate like each day whether I should add it or not. So I'm curious to hear what are your opinions on whether you should just add Genie Plus to your whole ticket or do it day by day or what what do you think works best for you? Yeah, I've been debating this as I'm planning my own trip for June. And as of right now, I bought it for the entirety of my ticket. And here's why. I mean, yeah, there's sort of the sunk cost. It's sort of like this is what we're budgeting for our trip. And, you know, the same reason people buy the dining plan in advance, you know, they're going to buy a genie for the length of ticket. But the other thing was, I mean, there's so many things that are wrong with Disney IT that I guess I'm a little bit scared to buy it day by day. Like, do I have to stay up till midnight if I'm going to buy it daily? Or am I going to risk, 
you know, getting up at 645 and then what if there's an error and I can't buy it in time and then, you know, I've wrecked my day and and my sleep and all of that. So for me, I mean, my trip in June is just going to be my son and me. So it's only, you know, $30 total for, for the two of us per day. I mean, the calculation becomes a little bit different when you're talking about a family of five. But yeah, I mean, that's something that I think a lot of people need to think about. And for me, I just, I'm adding it to the whole thing. So I don't have the worry and the hassle. Yeah, definitely. The sad thing is only Disney could convince us to pay more money because their IT is bad. It's just a sad state of affairs. (laughs) Yeah. Thanks uh, a lot, Disney. (laughs) What are you... What are you going to do? It is what it is. Now, another low, which kind of ran throughout the entire trip, was we made an agreement as a family before we got there because Disney had just dropped the mask requirements before that. Although I don't think this would have affected this particular decision, but we decided to only eat outdoors. And that was really tough at Disney World because... That meant we were mostly eating quick service and that meant we were mostly eating chicken fingers and burgers the entire time. So like last episode, I said Tony's Town Square was a really good change of pace. Trattoria Al Forno mobile order. That was excellent as well. But we just had so much quick service and that led to things like one day we got quick service at the UK pavilion. So we got fish and chips. We got two orders of fish and chips and we were like walking back to our hotel and then we dropped one order on the floor. I will not tell you whether we did or did not peel the batter off and eat the inside of uh, the adults, of course. Oh, wow. <laughs> it's stressful times, okay? When you don't have table service <laughs> restaurants, sometimes you got to do what you got to do. We didn't make our kids eat it, all right? And we took the batter off, okay? And we didn't eat the fries. All That's right. right. No, no, I just, I just feel, I just feel terrible <laughs> saying this all out loud. But I think that was, that was kind of the reality of choosing on this trip to only eat outdoors it made things very difficult for us i think the other thing is the nice thing about table service restaurants in general is it forces you to slow down and we didn't have that yeah that's very fair there just really aren't as many good outside choices at disney world i mean it's a little bit of a different situation in disneyland so i haven't bumped up against that but that's important for folks as they sort of plan long term and I, I do find it very ironic Joe that you were eating outside to avoid infectious diseases but yet you were totally okay <laughs> eating uh, a dropped chicken finger <laughs> you know no comment <laughs> how dare you Leslie <laughs> I did not say that our logic was sound okay it was just what we were doing in the moment and, and there are other outdoor restaurants to eat at like Grand Floridian Cafe or Geyser Point but it just kind of didn't fit into our schedule in terms of in the park eating it was tough to find table service restaurants outside and yeah I'm still not over the fish and chips thing okay it was it, look it was less than five seconds all right that's scientifically scientifically the science is sound on that one joe (laughs) yes the science never changes never anyway all right so let's get to the highs like i said we went to epcot did a couple attractions then came back for a pool day in the afternoon and that was really awesome i mean rolling into epcot at like 11 or 12 leaving at two or three and then spending your day at the pool it was a really nice day like i said in the last episode the boardwalk pool is awesome and we really enjoyed it and then after that i took my kids and we really enjoyed ourselves Uh, i took the older kids and we took the monorail and 
we took the bus to Magic Kingdom. We got the bus to ourselves. So that was pretty great. But then, of course, one of the lows was we were going there to ride on Splash Mountain and Splash Mountain shut down like as we were arriving at Magic Kingdom. So we ended up going to Magic Kingdom for only one attraction, Buzz Lightyear Lightning Lane. So that was a bit of a fail as well. Luckily, we took the monorail back to Epcot for extended evening hours that night so it was you know for the kids that was like a ride but it was pretty rough going all the way to magic kingdom and then the one attraction we were trying to ride going down yeah the attraction closures are a bummer but did you get did you get a multi multiple experiences and use it on buzz is that what you ended up doing no, I had Buzz separately and I got a multiple experiences, but then like I talked about in the Genie Plus episode, I had to talk to a blue umbrella and ask them if I could get a splash for like the next day. And they went ahead and gave a splash for the next two days, actually. But unfortunately, we didn't get to back to the Magic Kingdom because it was so annoying to get to. Now, another high, actually, I didn't write down in our notes, Leslie, but on the monorail, we were talking to this family from Seattle. And this was a real uh, nice moment. You know, we were just talking and their oldest daughter, who was 17, was like chatting with our kids. And I was chatting with the mom. It turned out that that family who had a 17-year-old and two nine-year-old twins were there on a wish trip. And they were staying at Give Kids the World, which is a charity that we've supported in the past. And I know all the Disney community loves to support. It's probably the only thing that the entire Disney community can agree upon positively, the value of Give Kids the World. One of their twin boys had been diagnosed with the leukemia a few years before he's thankfully in remission now but they were here in orlando on their wish trip um, from the make-a-wish foundation and staying at give kids the world and so it was really nice to talk to that family they asked if i had tips for where to watch harmonia so i gave them the italy tip that i gave last episode you know it was really nice to see that family and that was a real high it was kind of a real reminder of the positivity and the magic that disney and give kids the world can bring to these families Definitely, definitely a high. I'm glad to hear that they were having a good trip and that you were able to likely improve upon it with a tip or two. Yeah, the funny thing was, I, I uh, it's embarrassing. I couldn't help myself. I like started asking about, you know, whether they had to use Genie Plus or stuff. And I was like, oh, should I give them advice? But then I didn't realize that if you're on a wish trip, you get a pass that basically you do nothing but lightning lanes um, as it should be. So I was glad to see that as well. Oh, yeah. I don't think I knew that. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. So they didn't have to wait in lines for anything. You know, they were going to the front of the line for everything. So hope they had a great rest of their trip. I, I actually saw them on day one of their trip. Oh, we the reason why we started talking was because they were asking me if the monorail was going to be running back to the Magic Kingdom because their car was at the Ticket and Transportation Center because they had to drive back to give kids the world. So that was really great. A real high of the trip as well. Now, Epcot extended evening hours. A high for Epcot extended evening hours was that Frozen was a walk-on. Of course, my silly four-year-old daughter who says she loves Frozen, I had to convince her for half an hour. We were like, I split up from the older kids in the family. And I was like, do you want to go on Frozen? And she's like, no, I don't want to get wet because she had gone on it earlier in the day. And so this kid, I finally had to dress her in a poncho on Frozen, Leslie, where you get maybe five drops of water on yourself. So this girl had to wear a poncho on Frozen. It was pretty embarrassing, although a pretty good photo op. Again, I just I just didn't know what to say. Yeah, the things we do for the idiosyncrasies of our children. She does not like quote-unquote wet rides. Okay. Um, I was like... I never I like, counted love... Frozen as a, as a wet ride. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I was like, you love Frozen. Why? Why? 
Anyway, you get it. Um, now, I would say the low for Epcot extended evening hours is that Soren and Remy's lines, they were pretty long. My wife and older kids, they waited like 20, 25 minutes for Soren. And then for Remy's, they tried to get into the line at the end of the night, but the cast member said it was going to be 30 minutes. And not looking at that line, maybe it wouldn't have been 30 minutes, but it would have definitely been at least 20 and so i think the thing with epcot extended evening hours is there are just not as many attractions obviously this will change when guardians opens but because of that the lines are longer i think test track and frozen were good but soren for some reason and remy's there were much longer lines and so it is not as valuable if you can only ride two or three and of course you have to walk 10 miles between each attraction so not as good as magic kingdom just something to note if you're going for the extended evening hours definitely magic kingdom is the one you want to prioritize especially if you can only stay up for one night for sure all right why don't we talk about day six day six we did an animal kingdom and hollywood studios day my kids agree that they like animal kingdom first and hollywood studios second and so Ahai was just getting to do our kids' two favorite parks on the same day. This is the day that I redeemed myself for Genie Plus and was able to get Flight of Passage for the family. My kids got to ride it twice. They really enjoy that attraction. And then another high was Flame Tree Barbecue, which I've never gotten to eat at because the lines are always so long. I was able to mobile order. And unlike Harambe Market, Flame Tree Barbecue has a ton of seating. Uh, it's all outdoors. It's just like a huge pavilion slash area with you know, different levels. And so there are so many tables. It's much easier to find a table outside eating at Flame Tree Barbecue as long as you can get a mobile order. That was a real high and the food was really good there as well. I would say, Leslie, going back to the whole food thing, aside from the eating food off the floor situation, we did manage to do a better job eating non-burgers, non-chicken tenders later in the week because we were looking for it. Flame Tree Barbecue, Regal Eagle Smokehouse. So definitely check out Flame Tree Barbecue if you're not, you know, going to Satuli Canteen. Um, since I know that's kind of our favorite quick service at Animal Kingdom. Now, the real lows for the Animal Kingdom was, despite being at Animal Kingdom multiple times, did not manage to get my family over to Kite Tails. It was just too far on the other side of the park. This is really hard to cut back and forth across the park. And then, of course, the biggest low on day six was Runaway Railway, Frozen, and Space Mountain all going Genie Plus. Leslie, that one really hurt. Yeah, I remember messaging you at the time. I'm like, have you seen this? And you were like, what? Because <laughs> you were in the park. And yeah, I mean, it was a little bit too little too late for your family because you just suffered through the worst crowds basically since the pandemic. And then you get the relief at the very tail end of your trip. Yeah, I like to believe that. Well, whatever. Disney could have done better. I mean, they, they, they did it for Christmas. They should have known better for um president's week but what are you gonna do it is what it is uh it was a drop in the bucket at that point finishing things off on our last day as i alluded to before a high was eating at regal eagle smokehouse there's a nice shaded area by the uh infamous american pavilion bathrooms uh it's far enough away from the bathroom so it's not like you're eating next to the bathroom but it's just on that side of the american pavilion it was completely shaded that was very good we got ribs chicken cornbread probably the best thing that we got it was a super hot day we were eating in the shade and you can get water Watermelon from Regal Eagle Smokehouse, which really helped to cool the kids down. At that point, you know, we were on day seven. It was really hot. They were melting down. Another high is it was the best day we had on Genie Plus at Hollywood Studios. Not all of us went on all of these rides, but someone in our family got to go on Slinky, Rise of the Resistance, Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway, Toy Story Mania. And then we ended the trip, of course, 
where a Chung family trip needed to end with all five of us on alien swirling saucers. So it was a really great end to the trip, a really great last day. That day, we hadn't originally planned to be in the parks on that day, but there was a snowstorm coming through to Boston, so we extended our trip by a day. And so the last high, uh, you know, and this last day was all highs, was that we got to stay at the Hyatt Regency MCO and we got a room that overlooked the runway. So that was really cool. That is a really great hotel and I feel like I might stay there more often if I'm leaving on a morning flight, especially because I can book it with my Hyatt points. It's a really cool hotel. I do think that uh, your son might really love that hotel. Yeah, definitely if we could overlook the runway, but we usually don't have reason to be flying out first thing in the morning just with the way things work going going west from from east, we usually live leave late in the day and get home reasonably late at night, but yeah, it looks like a good hotel. I've always heard good things about it from, you know, folks in the miles and points community use it a lot because of those Hyatt points like you mentioned and one day, one day maybe I'll have reason to stay there. It is really nice and we had a 6 a.m. flight. So, which that was rough. Shout out to Leslie. Leslie, by the way, you should write an article about this. But shout out to Leslie for giving me tips for how to get everyone ready for the 6 a.m. flight. We had everything laid out. We had all the bags in a row, like literally in a row. It was great to just wake up, put our shoes on, grab our bags, and then walk straight down to TSA. That ended up going pretty well. I was worried about missing that 6 a.m. flight because if we had missed that, you know, it's the end of winter break up here in Boston. Like we wouldn't have gone back until Tuesday or Wednesday. So it was a great end to the trip. I will say that waking up at 4 a.m., my kids had a ton of sleep debt that took them. I mean, it was the entire Disney World trip plus waking up at 4 a.m. on that last day. They had a lot of sleep debt that it took them a couple days to work through. There were a couple of uh, unforeseen meltdowns from kids of all ages just because of their lack of sleep. But other than that, we ended things off really well and it was a really great end to a really great trip. Leslie, uh, to close things out, I would love to hear, since you are the master of the early morning flight, how do you deal with sleep debt for your kids or are they just used to it? No, I mean, they're not used to it, but we do try to just take it easy whenever we can. We try to sleep on the plane and encourage them to, to sleep on the plane and adjust to time zones as soon as we can. I mean, we are often, you know, we're coming often from California to North Carolina where my family lives. So we're changing three time zones a lot. It is what it is and they do get better at it, but <laughs> it's not fun. All right. Thank you for that tip, Leslie. I think that will close it out for this second half of the trip report. Thank you again, everyone, for listening. If you have any questions, you can email us, DisneyDeciphered at gmail.com, and let us know what you think, if you have any questions, comments, or thoughts on the trip. All right, there's going to be one more episode on our February trip, but we also got Star Wars stuff to talk about and stuff as well, so you can look forward to that uh, in the near future. All right, thanks, Leslie. Thanks, Joe. But wait, there's more. Did a recording with a special guest. So hope you enjoy it. All right, so I have a special guest here, my oldest daughter, nine years old. Thank you for coming on the podcast. Hi. We're going to talk about Wild Africa Trek, but first I want to hear about what is your favorite of the Disney parks and why would you say it's your favorite? Yeah, Animal Kingdom because I love animals. Yeah, what is your like favorite things to do in Animal Kingdom? Mm, well, this Wild African Trek count. Let's not count that for, for now, besides Wild Africa Trek, since that was your favorite. I like doing the Wilderness Explorers. Oh, okay. Cool. Oh, and Cali River Rapids. No. 
and Flight of Passage. Okay, that's acceptable. And Kilimanjaro Safari. Also acceptable. Calgary Rapids. No, that's the best ride in no, the it's, world. No, it's not. Yes, it is. Okay, disagree. <laughs> Agree to disagree. Okay, so let's talk about Wild Africa Trek a little bit. Now, I didn't get to go on this. You just went with Mom. So can you tell us in general, you know, what was going on in Wild Africa Trek? Why was it different than the normal Kilimanjaro safaris? We got to, like, get closer to them, and we weren't always in the vehicle. So, like, some parts we would climb across, like, a rope bridge over, like, crocodiles and hippos. Those, But we also did a safari tour in, like, a truck, like how you would in Kilimanjaro safaris. And then do you have tour guides with you? How many, like, tour guides were going with you the whole we time? We had two. But, like, at some parts we'd have, like, other people who worked there, like, tell us about things and stuff. Okay, so did you, did they do, like, lessons or, like, talk to you about the different animals? Yeah, so, like, certain ones, uh, like, did fed, like, certain animals, so they would tell us. Wait, you got to watch them feeding? Well, we never got to feed anything. Uh, I mean, we were trying to feed the hippos, but they were sleeping. Oh, well, can't you just wake them up? No. Oh, just throw food at their heads. They won't wake up. There's, like, vultures trying to peck at them. Oh, wow. Okay, so what are, what are some of the things, the interesting things that the different tour guides told you about the animals do you feel like you were like learning stuff a little bit i don't really remember you don't remember yeah not even one fun fact well they're talking about uh like hippos um and like they're just telling us like the names of a lot of the hippos one of them i think i don't remember his name i think it might have been like henry or something he's the I think grandfather of Fiona, like the tiny hippo who they thought wouldn't survive. All right, so what are some of the different things you got to do? Didn't you have to like strap into a harness and stuff like that? Why did they yeah, put you into those they things? Put us in vest. Like you could put your water bottle on it, and there's places where you could put your phones, and they gave you like straps for your glasses. Yeah, but why'd you need all that? Where were you guys? Because we were like going on rope bridges over crocodiles, so they didn't really want us to drop anything. So you went over rope bridges on crocodiles. Were there any other cool places that you kind of hiked over? Mm, yeah, we got to go to like places you wouldn't actually be able to go if you weren't on the trek so they would trap us in and then we could get walk pretty close to like some hippos and crocodiles what was the coolest animal that you got close to or what was your favorite Mm. on the trek when we went on the safari we got in a truck and they brought us around and then at one point there's a bunch of ostriches like coming at our truck and then they started to like try to like do something eventually they just went away so then we could keep going that was the most exciting thing not climbing by the crocodiles or whatever no you said the animal what was a cool animal you saw isn't a crocodile an animal i know but we weren't whatever okay all right no but the rope bridges with the crocodiles and hippos were definitely the best part wasn't there a snack you know i don't even know what was the snack they gave you at the end was it any good it was okay i didn't really yeah, I'm a picky eater, so I don't eat it all. But what was it? It was like prosciutto with mozzarella balls and bread with like some sort of saucy thing that I didn't eat. And oh, and they also gave you an edible orchid. Oh, like a flower? Yeah, that. Was that good? Yeah, I ate it. I ate the petals. It was. It's a very plain tasting. And what are anything else people need to know if they're thinking about booking? or doing the Wild Africa Trek? Like, why would you say people, or what type of people would you say should 
do the wild Africa trek and what type of people do you say might maybe should skip it? Uh, the rope bridges are a little high, so if you had a fear of heights, maybe you shouldn't do it. Okay, and then who should do it? People who really love animals or like people who want to like closer like look? animals, people who want to get closer to them and want to learn more about them or sort of looking for like adventure sort of, kind of. Do you remember about like how long it was overall? It was like three hours, I think. Hmm, okay. And last question, do you think you would do it again if, you know, I paid for it again? Yeah, definitely. Okay. Well, it's kind of expensive, but we'll see. Maybe when your brother's old enough. Do you think he would like it? Yes. Okay. Well, that's good to know. All right, anything else people should know? Mm, You might not always get to see all the things you wanted to see. Like, we weren't really able to see any lions because they were, like, behind the rock. I see. Kilimanjaro Safaris is like that too, right? Yeah. You're just kind of, whatever animals are out, yeah. are out. Oh, and they'll also take pictures of things for you, and they'll take pictures of, like, anything. Wait, so you could tell them, like, hey, can you take a picture of that? Yeah, and then they'll take pictures of you, and then they'll, they'll like, give it to you later, so you can, like, look at them and choose which ones you want. Oh, and last question, because Mom was just saying this. Is it possible to fall out and fall into the animals? No. Unless you're not properly clipped in. But they always make sure you're clipped in and stuff. Like on the rope bridges, there's nets below it. So even if you, like, so so if you can't step on the boards, you can always walk in the nets because they'll support your weight. Oh, so even if you weren't clipped in, you like would fall into bo- the net anyway? Yeah, some, well, yes, unless you slip through, like, the sides. Yeah, Mom was saying some boy was just walking on the nets instead of on the bridge. Yeah, because I mean, some of the boards are like broken and not close enough for you to set. Do you think are they broken on purpose so that it seems like Maybe. adventure? Maybe. All right. Well, thanks so much. Um, Cali River Rapids is not the best ride. No, but... it is. Oh my gosh. Okay. All right. Thank you for recording with me. Ow. <laughs> For the ones who get it done, the most important part is the one you need now. And the best partner is the one who can deliver. That's why millions of maintenance and repair pros trust Granger, Because we have professional-grade supplies for every industry, even hard-to-find products. And we have same-day pickup and next-day delivery on most orders. But most importantly, we have an unwavering commitment to help keep you up and running. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.